It's time for another episode of The Cultural Hall. It is an Articles of News episode in which I'm joined by Annette Luthi lyon Welcome, Annette. Great to have you back. So good to be here. As I understand it, you have to take me to task on a few things. So let's get the task taking. (laughs) uh, Let's get that underway. Let's get it uh, behind us. Throw me under said buses. Okay. And uh, ironically, where did I leave my phone? Oh, there it is. I am trying to remember exactly what all it was. One, oh, one was Julie Stauffer okay. on um, The Real World. Uh-huh. I had an update on her. You meant you said that she had church discipline for being on the show. That mm-hmm. was not the case. She was only, it was a BYU honor code violation. Ah, that's okay, all good. it was. Good. So, I mean, that still is that. technically church discipline, but maybe. But it's not a membership issue. It's not like she was, you know disfellowshipped or any had a disciplinary council or anything like that okay okay um let's see what the other one was your taskmaster geez yeah i know right <laughs> well crime oh. i'm not remembering that if i remember the other one was i'll bring it up i'm forgetting okay. right now okay. but that was it was in the same episode but and yeah. annette would like you to follow us on instagram at yes, the cultural please. hall she kills it over there you should go check that out <laughs> at the cultural hall on instagram or on facebook.com forward slash the cultural hall you can find us on Twitter as well, at The Cultural Hall, if you do the Twitter thing. We don't do TikTok yet, but if you'd like to be in charge of The Cultural Hall TikTok, maybe we could. Maybe that could be a thing. Reach out to us. Contact at theculturalhall.com. Come up with it. I was stalling. That's what that was. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I'm looking. Yep. I'm just not finding let it. Me do, let me do one more thing. So I'm not going to share Please. anything personal uh, as part of our opening exercises, but I am going to say this. Uh, there is an opportunity for you that is the collective you, not the specific you, uh, to make very, very small amounts of cash by listening to the cultural hall. Nominal. And there and there's work that is associated with it. Uh, but we're gonna try and undertake a huge what archival project. And I need and I need some help. This is not something you'll be able to retire on or even be able to justify the amount of work for the amount of actual money you might be paid. But if there is anyone that uh, likes listening to that and is particularly good at taking notes and or show notes and or keywords for SEO purposes, that's what we're looking for. You can reach out to me, contact at theculturalhall.com and put in the subject line something like, give me all your money. I'd love to hear that. Uh, contact at theculturalhall.com. Okay, I, I did find I found the other one. Okay. I found it. Yeah. Um, it was the, you know, the man who broke into the Provo City Center Temple. Uh-huh. Because he was cold. Um, he he yes. needed a place Supposed to say it was warm. See, here's the irony, though, is that um, I, I know that area well. I have a family member who was a police officer who worked in that area with the homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, his daughter-in-law worked at the, the shelter there. There are plenty of places pretty close to the temple he could have gone to get warm, including a shelter with laundry and food. And um, he didn't need to break into the temple. Just saying. <laughs> Well, sure. He did it. I mean, it was really like really there. It's, it's very, it's not far. It's a I very mean, close no walk. No one needs to break into a temple. I appreciate no, but that it, hair that you just split. No, to, to, no, to. no. I'm, I'm saying if, he, if he's looking for some place to get warm, there are a lot of places very near there. Mm-hmm. So it seems, it felt to me, it feels like he was targeting the, the temple specifically. It was So it's not like, oh, wow, we spend money on temples, but we won't help the poor. And we right. can, that's another conversation and a valid one to be had. But mm-hmm. saying that, that that is the only reason he broke in i think is probably not accurate fair i'll take it what's new with you 
Um, well, let's see. We had, uh, I don't think I've talked to you since Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, so Christmas happened. Christmas happened. Um, so one kind of, I was, my husband is one of those people who is, he's like a savant when it comes to gift giving. Like he okay. will get you things you didn't even know existed. And you're like, I need this. And I love this. And how did you know? And he's like, I just knew. Um, but the reverse is very hard to get him gifts. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, a lot of it is techie stuff. So it's like, if one thing's wrong, the entire gift is wrong. And I'm like, I don't know. Um, this year I was very excited because I, th- I nailed it, I think. Um, so I, what I did, um, so there's a, an artist, her name is Jana Parkin. She is married actually to a former guest of the hall, Jeff Parkin, Okay. Um, who's a filmmaker. Um, and she teaches, um, watercolor painting and she makes, she does commissions of like childhood homes, like family homes. Oh, cool. Yeah. So um, a year ago, I actually commissioned my father's grandchild grand, uh, home for um, for his birthday. Um, and my siblings and I, we chipped in and paid for that. And then I thought, you know, what would be really cool is if I did the same thing for my husband's. Because one of his grandparents' homes was very, very meaningful to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of behind his back went to the cousins and was like, hey, do you guys have pictures? And what kinds of flowers did grandma have there? And um, so that's what I, it was, it was, a, it, it was cool. I was very pleased that I found something that was meaningful to him. Yay. He, he didn't even know existed. You know? Sure. It, it didn't exist before. So, you know, and it's unique cool. and one of a kind and shows that you think and care for it. The older that I get, like when people are like, Hey, can I buy you this thing? I'm like, I'll buy it myself. I don't need that as a gift. Let's go mm-hmm. do something or something that I would never spend money on myself ever either because i feel like it's just too gratuitous or i just don't know that it exists those yeah. are the gifts that i'm like yeah you well, get and that's me an, and a really cool thing with having adult children is that they start pooling their money and now they have adult money mm-hmm. and then they buy you <laughs> gifts yeah. and they are like they like this year they they bought us tickets um to a brian regan concert that's oh coming in awesome March. So have you ever been just, to, have you ever seen Brian Regan before comedian? Not in person. No, oh, I've watched his stuff. Oh, I've watched his stuff, but yeah, I, I yeah. We're, I'm really looking for it. The only, the only challenge with that is that the concert is the day after we get back from a trip to a research trip. I'm taking to Finland. Mm. So we'll be majorly jet lagged, but um, I don't care. It's going to be great. Oh, so. rough life. Oh, you have yeah. to go to Finland and then see Brian. Regan. I know. I get to get oh. see my, my, my oh. aunt and uncle and my friends and then I <laughs> I'm actually hoping I can do like creepy things like tour a police station and like maybe go to a court and anyway, because I'm working on a suspense novel over there and I don't know finished stuff when it comes to that stuff. I'm in suspense waiting for it to be published. Yes. Well, we got 50 something days till my other suspense launches. So Okay. It's called Just One. Oh, in fact, actually, I have the advanced reader copies. Oh, look at that. Just one more. That's a cool cover. Yeah. And it'll actually be... um, Hardback. This is just the early copies they send out to reviewers. So nice, exciting. nice, very exciting. And I got a really great review from Kirkus Magazine, which is one of those bucket list items that you get as a writer. Someday Kirkus? you want to get a Kirkus. Yeah. Yes, it's the Dr. So. Seuss one, right? Kirkus McGurkus. Sure, that's what that sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like it, yeah, I, no, yeah. I was just so Kirkus excited. All. It's like it's right up there with like being a New York Times bestseller. You want to get a good Kirkus review. Oh, you know? it's not it's not as hard to do as being a New York Times bestseller, but it's on the list. I'm like, I got a good Kirkus review. So that's, that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. And it rhymes. I didn't know that there was something that rhymes with circus. So there we all learn. We all we learn go. Something every today. day. Learning opportunities. What about you? What's going on with you? Oh, I'm not going to share anything. I need people to help us out. I guess I should say this other thing, too. Uh, by the end of 2023, the cultural hall will be fully active in YouTube. So if you want to help Ooh. us in that endeavor as well, 
we're we're moving and shaking. We got things happening here. And, and my wife said, "Hey, we need to repaint the color of the studio." So you can see if you're a Patreon saint, patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall, you can see that there are fabric swatches for the sound panels that are behind me and the color of the wall. Oh, I know you asked. It's Benjamin Moore, Naraganaset Green, and it's HB157 for those that are curious. I've looked at more swatches and color. I believe it. Oh. Well, and then the, the fabric swatches, it's gray. Or yeah, gray. well, it's graphite. It's gra- okay, the, uh, one's it's lighter, one's It's executive graphite, and then the other one, I can't remember what it's called, but it's got some blue in it. So they both look good. Honestly. Thank you, thank you. We chose graphite and ordered it this morning. Okay, yeah. lighter one. No, the darker one. The darker one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It it seems like it's going to be more. You know, if we do, if we get a hair and decide to change the color of the studio again, that we can, uh, you know match it more likely with the graphite because it's more of a black base than the brown base of the blue. Listen, I don't care. People listening to this don't care. It'll be done, and that's what I care about. There you go. So uh, let's take a break. When we come back, let's do some actual articles of news. BestDJinUtah.com is the website that you need to go to if you would like to party with me. Now, just because it says Utah as part of the URL does not mean that it has to be in the state of Utah. I've traveled to such illustrious places as Wyoming, Nevada, Texas, Washington, and others. Idaho as well. If uh, if you're having an event and you think, you know what, I would love the energy, the charisma that is Richie uh, to be able to bless the event. I don't know why I said bless. You can hit me up, bestdjinutah.com. Maybe you, you yourself are getting married or has been the case multiple times this year. You are the apparent not a parent, just the parent, uh, or one of the parents, because there's multiple parents. I'm getting distracted. You are one of the parents of the bride or groom, and you think, Richie would be great to be at this event. You can hit me up, bestdjinutah.com. Be sure that you mentioned uh, that you hear it on the cultural hall. I may, in fact, even get you a little bit of a discount. Who knows? We'll see how I feel that day. It's bestdjinutah.com. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second block of the Cultural Hall, we do actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. I should mention that in the third block, the Pharaoh himself comes in and we talk about uh, the latest and greatest in the temple ticker, including the San Juan Puerto Rico temple. Uh, We talk about some non-temple things, the new USU Institute, and also the three-story church building in Connecticut, which is awesome. That's coming up in the third block of the cultural hall. Uh, You know, Roots Tech. Whenever I think about visiting with you, Annette, I think about Mm -hmm. Roots Tech because (laughs) your husband invented Roots Tech and it would not be possible without him. Uh, There's a couple um, people that have been announced as keynotes for Roots Tech. One of them is uh, Elder and Sister Gong. They're going to be speaking. And I, I I don't know why I hadn't thought of this until the other day when I was posting this on our Facebook as I share the news stories. 
why when Elder and Sister Gong speak, they don't call it the Gong Show is a missed <laughs> opportunity. Don't you think? That's a Gen X reference, I think, yeah. probably. Oh, that's beautiful. The, that is the beautiful. keynote, you know, delivered by the, the Gong, Gong Show. Show. It just, it, I'll it, mention that to my husband, see yes, if I can work, thank you. work that in. I think he's actually thank on a you. call right now with the Grease Text. So that's one. And then the second is, uh, I want to say Jordan Sparks. Is that right? Does that sound right to you? Yeah. She was an American Idol contestant. Yeah. yeah. American Idol winner. Don't take her, uh, her title oh, away win? from her. She oh, won season okay. six, and she also will be a uh, keynote speaker at cool. Roots Tech. Um, she will be talking about, it's said in here, give me a second. Uh, she's No, yeah, so she's gone on to perform and talks about it. So should be a great thing, uh, Elder and Sister Gong, and then also Jordan Sparks, that it's available online as well as in person again. So you don't have to be a genealogy nerd to enjoy Roots Tech. It also is just a bunch of great speakers. And, and so and it's definitely free online. It. You can pay yep. to go in person, but it's free online. And also, um, I Elder Gong is hosting the first youth devotional of the year. It's later this month. I know. Which is this Sunday, correct? Was it the, the Sunday? 29th? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. so check that out as well. And again, the Gong Show. Let's think about it. Let's Just take the back. Let's 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 uh, let's uh, focus group it. Let's workshop it. Why don't we call it the Gong Show? I think that's beautiful. What do you? I will ne- that will never get out of my head again. Um, <laughs> so ABC has a new TV show on, um, and I, I, I honestly have not watched it yet because I have uh, an empty nest. Basically, my kids are all adults, and just the trailers give me like flashbacks. Um, but it's called ABC's uh, the parent test. And so they have all these families on and they're given, you know, you're, there's the the tiger mom and then the free, the free range kids, and, you know, and which parenting style can is, does best in these challenges or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Apparently two of the families have a, a church connections. One is active LDS. So they live in Idaho. Um, and the other one is very clearly former <laughs> Latter-day Saints. Um, and so I saw some conversations on Twitter about it. And one was like going, uh, Blair Hodges, who's a friend of the hall, was like, why did nobody tell me about this? And someone else replied, I did, and nobody replied. So I figured no one else was watching it. And so I kind of went down that rabbit hole a little bit. And yeah, you can you, you can tell which one. They're, they're, it's this the Modar, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you Something can totally within tell. your spirit so, goes off when you see these people and go, those people? Uh-huh. And I get the impression that when you're watching it, there's a little bit of contention in between. They're like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. anyway, it's pretty obvious that, that there's a little bit of stuff between the two of them apparently so so this is completely tangential and i can't remember where i learned this information but did you know the uh state of idaho is a made-up word so idaho this is fascinating because so many members of the church this is how i'm going to shoehorn this into this conversation uh when they were going to name colorado there was a guy who said hey there's this native american word and it's called idaho we should call it that and you know they he said it meant like top of mountains or something like that, very close to like Utah or Zion or, you know, based that. on Utes or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Yeah. But he said, yeah, Idaho, it's a, it's a word. And then people looked it up and they're like, that's not a word. We, we've tried to find it in any sort of native American <laughs> culture. It's not their pal. So they decided to oh. name it Colorado, which is uh, something, something. Uh, sort of Spanish based, right? The Rojo and Col- anyway. Right. So then, Years later, when they're like, hey, we need to name Idaho 
everybody forgot that Idaho was a made up word and they just said, yeah, we'll call that state Idaho. So that's I where Idaho that. comes from. As the, my, the resident word nerd, that just brings me all kinds of joy. And I, honestly, I'm kind of glad it was made up and it wasn't like the, the equivalent of getting what you think is a Chinese tattoo for peace. And it actually means like, <laughs> you know, television or something. Sure. sure. So I'm glad it, they just made it up rather than turned out and, to be something. And good, you, for they didn't want. good for that guy. Good for that guy. pretty funny. Maybe that's even what he said, right? Like, what do you think we should name the state? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And they're like, oh, Idaho. Do you spell that? Ooh. Yeah, it's Native American. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I love uh, it. Other news that maybe we should get to. This I thought was interesting. We've talked about it a bunch here in the cultural hall. So, um, you know, the Mormons Helping Hands, that is the uh, yellow shirts that... Uh, you know, that that were out whenever there was a natural disaster. We've long talked and speculated as to whether or not the yellow shirts are still used with the focus of being the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Well, in Selma, Alabama, recently there has been a tornado, tons of devastation and destruction. Uh, there was multiple pictures of volunteers from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints helping to tarp roofs, etc., wearing the yellow shirts that in fact say, Mormons helping hands. So I don't know if we're just being resourceful. We don't want to have fast fashion. We don't want to, you know, buy new shirts or whatever. Those yellow shirts, Mormon helping hands still being used in case of emergencies. Interesting. Which I think I I probably knew, right? Because why would we, like, it's one thing we won't order new ones that say Mormon helping hands, but, you know, we're identifiable by the yellow shirts. Why would we invest Mm -hmm. all that money in buying some other ones? I can totally see that. What else do you have? Okay. Uh, let's actually, this is one I, I did mention to you before. Um, the, so the, our, the New Zealand prime minister. Ah, um, Jacinda Ardern. Yes. Um, who grew up as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, has done a, a lot of amazing things out there, of course. One thing that was just, she recently actually just this, this week's just stepped down. So it's just time. I've, I, I guess, personal reasons and she just needed to, to stop. But, um, Earlier this month, so cool. She had um, this uh, an official like apology to the Samoan people for some these these horrible things called the Dawn Raids in the 1970s. Um, what were they were very much racially targeted, and so she was officially apologizing. And she did at the Samoan traditional tribal. I think it's called the Ifonga. Hmm. That you know they, this whole apology thing, and then historically. If a Samoan person comes to and, and does that to that to the other to a house or whatever, they stay there until there's a response, and the responses are either they put a, a cloth over you and say yes, I forgive you, or they kill you. So it's or it was like a very big deal. I saw this TikToker who was just like he himself was Samoan. He was just blown away that she she did this formal thing, and then they had Samoan representatives there to accept the apology and. It's also a financial thing as well. She's she's like we're going to try, try to make this right, um, mm-hmm. but it was it was really cool, really cool video of it as well as the response from that. Well, so. and what's fascinating about her, uh, her uncle was the Area Seventy Elder Ardern oh. in that in that area cool. over that that part of the world. And when President Nelson in 2019 came out to New Zealand, uh, quoted as saying that she's a real leader. One that, you know, that actually leads. I know there's a lot of people who are critical of some of the policies that she did, especially around COVID-19, but she's 42. She's got a six-year-old and she's like. And she know, gave birth while in office, which was yeah, a she's very like, big deal. I, I think yeah. I'm going to tend, I think I'm going to tend to my family, everyone. Um, but it, but it's a miss. It's a, you know, I appreciate obviously the service and the example and all those things, but uh 
Yeah, a tremendous, as President Nelson said, leader who is sort of stepping down and hopefully, you know, the person that replaces there is is equal to the task and equal to what she represented. Um, I thought this was sort of interesting uh, because it's the NFL playoffs and everything like that. There's the obligatory who is LDS and playing in the NFL. And I don't know that I'll mention uh, too much of it, but I had not heard this story. Uh, do you know who Britton Covey is? I know the name, but I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, so he played for uh, the University of Utah, and he's a little guy, right? He's five foot eight, one hundred and seventy three pounds, and he's a uh, wide receiver. That is super small for the NFL, but he's very talented, um, very athletic, and um, apparently, and I didn't know this until I read this article, uh, people mistook Covey for a kicker during training camp and stadium parking attendants at first wouldn't allow him to park in the player's lot because they didn't believe that he was a player. <laughs> oh, man. So he plays for the Eagles. Right. Uh, like, and, here's my ID. Check yeah. the roster. Oh my gosh. Well, and he, and and like I say, he's a very talented, uh, you know, football player. Well, he's because, in the NFL, but he just doesn't look it. Yeah, just because <laughs> of his size, they said not 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 going to do that. Let me mention just it. a couple other people. Uh, Andy Reid, who's obviously the coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, he's LDS. Darren Bevel with the Miami Dolphins. Alex Whittingham of Kansas City Chiefs. Drew Chrisman from the Cincinnati Bengals. Fred Warner from the 49ers. Uh, Kyris Tonga at the Minnesota Vikings. Braden Fajoko at the LA Chargers. Kyle Vanoy at the LA Chargers. And Simi Fajoko at the Dallas Cowboys are just some of those that are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who play in the NFL. And not all of them obviously came from only BYU or Utah. Other schools feed into mm -hmm. that as well. Probably cool. goes without saying, but worth mentioning. What else do you have? Okay, so there is this, this uh, pharmacist. He's called Phil's My Pharmacist. He's on, on TikTok and Instagram. Um, and he does all kinds of cool things of like, here, you have this kind of problem. Here's you mix this thing at home and here's how you do it. And um, the reason he actually created his account initially was because um, there was a very common thing that cancer patients were often prescribed and it would cost them thousands of dollars. And he's like, it's literally this plus this and that's like five bucks. Huh. So he basically shared that recipe and goes, I want to help people out as much as I can. So he shares all, and sometimes it's, it's they're, they're silly and they're funny and whatever. He's all, but you start look, digging in and you're like, there's a, again, there's the modar that goes off. Mm -hmm. um, he's like, so I was serving a mission in Korea for two years. And you're like, ah, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, and your pharmacy's in Cash Valley. Oh, it's in Logan. Okay. Uh, you know, so I don't know if he's practicing, but he does have that history. Um, but he had a recipe recently for cracking feet. And you mentioned that on a recent episode. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's for Richie. So I'll, have to, I'll show it? you that. I don't, I have the link. I don't remember the exact recipe, but okay. I'll guess I'm salsa. It'll be in the show notes as well. So and, and Phil's my it, pharmacist. And, what's it? What is it? Phil's? Phil. Is it, his name is like Philip. So Phil, okay. Phil apostrophe is Phil's my pharmacist. Or yeah, Phil's my pharmacist. That's his Phil's account on Instagram and, and TikTok. So, I love it. If so someone I, I save so many of his, his, his things. Even like when there was this massive Tylenol shortage in various states, he was like, Here's how to make infant Tylenol by crushing adult Tylenol. Just got, you got to get the dosage right, but here's how you do it. You know, stuff Jeez. like that. It's just, he, he's a good guy. So, yeah. I, uh, yeah, that's a great uh, guest suggestion to, um, to have here in the cultural hall. If someone is listening, knows Phil, Philip, Phil, which reminds me of a line from a Muppet movie. I digress. Uh, if you know Phil, you can get him uh, connected with the cultural hall. We'd love to have that conversation 
and ask him about why he's doing all that and and find out what I can do about my cracked feet. We'll leave a link for that in the show notes. Uh, This was interesting. There was a man that was accused of throwing Molotov cocktails at the state capitol and the conference center of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's now facing two counts of use of an explosive or incendiary device uh, and two counts of aggravated arson. Those are all first-degree felonies. Uh, and this happened on the 11th of January. Uh, he went up to the grand staircase at the, at the Capitol building and threw it there. Here's the thing that is both fortunate and unfortunate, unfortunate for him and fortunate for us. The state capital of the state of Utah is made entirely out of stone. So you can't burn stone. So he threw this Molotov cocktail at the Capitol building and, you know, there's some smoke damage and a little bit of shattered glass, but that's about it. Then he went to the conference center and on the West side of the building found a bottle. Um, and, uh, they found that in the planter box that was next to the building, ignitable liquid was located in the bottle and the leaves surrounding the mouth of the bottle were charred. So no, uh, idea as to what he was so upset with the state and with the church about, but he, has been charged with those four first degree felonies and 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 will likely find himself a little bit in jail because guess what you can't do that you can't just yep. uh, can't throw the molotovs anymore Molotov cocktail goodness gracious yeah it seems a little old school right was, yeah yeah uh, 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 I could go off on a tangent on that one because actually Molotov cocktails were largely used in the winter war in Finland against the Soviets so that's kind mm-hmm. of a fun well that is interesting fun little it is. It's. I mean, it's kind of cool. They, the, the Finns. Okay, really, really quickly here. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have like tanks and that kind of thing. And the Soviets absolutely did. So they're coming at them with tanks. The Finns were like t- had to figure out how do we fight the David Goliath situation. It was sure. insane. They basically invented the Molotov co- cocktail, and they would have like infantry, like so- foot soldiers, running up close to a tank where the you know the shooter with that thing called the arm can't get down enough to to shoot you. And mm-hmm. they would throw then the Molotov cocktails into the vents and blow you up inside. Oof. Okay, but it's like this. It's, it's like they're trying to, and there was anyway. There was like a, a, a beer company that donated just a crap ton of um, bottles to the military, and anyway, it was, it was one of many many things that the Finns had to do to to maintain their independence. And they are the only country bordering um, Russia on the west that never felt the Soviet rule. So uh, cool. I I don't want to uh, tell you how to write your book, but if I may step into this for just a mm-hmm. second. You mentioned at the top of this episode that you're going to be going to Finland to do some research. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to insist that while you're there, you get a Molotov cocktail and throw it at something and then work it into your book. <laughs> Just, I, I'm, you know, I don't know how. I don't want the spoiler alert. You know, I, I don't know if I want to be arrested it. to see the inside of a Finnish jail personally. Well, or go well, see, you know, I don't think know. Think of but... the research, your readers. You owe it to your readers, Annette. Okay, well, this one right here, this one's uh-huh. actually about the Winter War. So if you want to, I already did that research, but. Okay. Yeah. All so right. It's called The Girl really in Gray. I just wanted you to one. throw a Molotov anyway. cocktail. That's all. Maybe someday in a controlled environment. And then I'll blame it on cool. Richie. Oh my uh, gosh, this I hilarious. thought was sort of interesting. Um, there is a gymnast at BYU and her routine has gone viral. Have you seen this? No. She, uh, the, um, song so it's a floor routine and she she moves about as if she were barbie you know the very like yeah robotic kind of arms and you know at one point barbie girl is the song that's playing that's not the only thing 
but it's really great. She was mentioned in People magazine and it's gone viral all sorts of places on the internet because it's just she's she's a phenomenal gymnast, right? So just in and of itself, but taking this whole whole sort of theme of being a Barbie and doing motions that ordinarily you wouldn't see a gymnast being that rigid. She sort of embraced the rigidness of it and the routine is awesome. It's so I cool. My youngest is a gymnast, so I'll have to look that up. She'll, yep, she'll find, appreciate that, too. That's way cool. Find it in the show notes. So uh, speaking of viral videos, I saw one just this week that was, it was one of those things you watch and you're like, is that a cultural hall? It's these three brothers, they're on these like sliding, rolling chairs and they're doing this whole, it's apparently it's like they're mimicking the this Blades of Glory ice skating routine and it's hilarious. Okay. Um, but you're like, that's, that's gotta be a cultural hall. I get, and it is. And so, but, but um, so these brothers who work for, for uh, their family's real estate company and they're the youngest runs their social media does hilarious things. They're not members of the church, but they knew that our cultural halls had the wooden floors they needed. <laughs> so if you go, on the, I actually was like, did this big deep dive trying to figure out, are they personally LDS? And I should have just looked in the comments because when the first thing was like, that is so an LDS cultural hall. And then they're like, are you LDS? And like, no, we just needed the floors. Yeah. I, should, I, I could have saved myself two hours of scrolling. Big the printed, LDS people know. have great floors. They have great floors. Everyone And the other comments were like, I can still smell. I, I know what that room looks like. Oh, I saw the, the folding door and knew exactly what that was. And Anyway, yeah, it's so obviously a cultural hall, but they, they're based in, in Northern California. It's their North Valley group on TikTok if you want to look them up. And this is something show notes. This is something we didn't talk about in the temple ticker that's coming up. Spoiler, we've already done that. So that's how I know we didn't talk about it. Um, but the Burley, Idaho temple, um, Burley officials are denying allegations of religious favoritism in a sewer deal that's related to the LDS temple. The city is disputing allegations made by one of its former mayors that the officials violated the Idaho Constitution and dealt favorably with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints because they themselves were members of the church. The accusations uh, are from former Burley Mayor John Anderson. He said that the city violated the state constitution by entering into a development agreement with the non-taxpaying church and nearby landowners to share the cost of extending water and sewer lines to the site of the LDS temple and by allowing the church to grant a sole vendor to bid out the work for all owners. So two parts. One, that the church doesn't uh, since the church doesn't pay taxes, that those services are kind of extended to the lot where the temple is going to be. And two, you have to most often with state and local government contracts, you have to get multiple bids to be able to to uh, get a great deal on it and be able to move forward. Um, this may be a case of temple fever, Chisholm told the Times News, pointing out that the city's manager, attorney, and council have strong connections to the LDS church. It's not just John who has an interest in this. It's every taxpayer who is a taxpayer in the city. The idea just being that that they likely did this, allegedly, I guess I should say, they allegedly did this, and now people are going, oh, no, it's it's not a big deal. And I just think... Like we saw it with the Tooele Temple here in Utah. You'll hear us talk about the Heber City Temple and some of the hubbub that's coming up with that. We have to play by the rules. Mm -hmm. That's why the rules are there. Even if we were like, you know, I want a temple. I recognize the importance of the ordinances and, and all the saving things that temples bring. We can't. It does us no good as a church, as a people, as a group to do things behind closed doors and shady. Just follow the rules. Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. That's the, yeah. 
we need we need to follow the rules period That's, it just affirms it. to people that you know that there's this kind of stuff that goes on even if it looks remotely sort of shady so I'll be interested to see if anything actually comes of this because it is Burley, Idaho, if people don't know, a predominantly LDS town. Um, and so, you know, many of the players that are involved in this, either directly or indirectly, are all members of the church and want the temple to be there, but maybe should have just been a little bit more careful about how things went into play. What yeah. other news stories do you have? Well, one kind of fun thing. Um, so Will Swenson, who is uh, from the Hale family, descendant of the Hale theaters in Utah. Um, people may recognize him as um, the lead from the Seagulls Ward, if I recall correctly. One of the and first Sons of Provo. He's sons one of, of the Provo. Sons. That was actually my, one of my favorite ones that he's been in. Um, and I'll, he is now actually starring on Broadway. Um, it, What's the Broadway equivalent of a biopic? <laughs> anyway, it's 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 basically it's a, it's a Broadway show about Neil Diamond, um, and he's playing Neil Diamond. And apparently, there's two actors. There's it's a, it's it kind of covers his life and apparently um, the, his difficult decision to retire from performing. I think he has the Parkinson's or something like that. Hmm. So there's an actor playing the old version of him, and then the younger version is is played by Will Swenson. And I there's some fun little clips you can find online of that, and tickets are on sale now. So, and fun cool. connection for me, I think I've shared the story briefly, but on my mission, we were allowed to do one cultural thing a year. So you mm -hmm. could that could be a baseball game or a basketball game or whatever. And uh, Miss Saigon was coming through Cleveland and Will Swenson played the lead in Miss Saigon. I had yeah, read in the newspaper cool. that he was a member of the church and it was coming and I got permission to go see it. Anyone who's familiar with the show, Miss Saigon, the opening number of The Heat is On in Saigon. As a missionary, third row with another missionary sitting next to me, we <laughs> instantly went. Have we made the the best choice? The best choice. <laughs> are we are we where we should be? But I got to meet Will uh, afterward. You know, I passed a note to the stage manager when they was able to meet him, and and uh, just a, an awesome sort of treasured experience from my mission. So congratulations! Really and cool. apparently, he's doing a great job too. Likely yeah. going to be nominated for a Tony Award. And for those who may not know, he's actually married to uh, Audra McDonald, uh -huh. who and she is like a Broadway queen. Um, she does uh, for some people who don't who aren't familiar with that. I mean, if, if you've seen the live action Beauty and the Beast, she's the vo this the voice of the wardrobe, if I recall correctly. That sounds right. That's and Will Swenson, he actually did it was on film not too long ago, briefly in The Greatest Showman. He played uh, P.T. Barnum's father briefly, the one he's like, oh, that's trying right. to choose him out. Yeah. Yeah, I had forgotten about that. Yeah, anyway, kind of fun. So good on him. Uh, let's see. Other news stories worth bringing up. I thought this was interesting. Uh, the title of this was Before There Was Napoleon Dynamite, There Was The Phone Call, talking about uh, older LDS films. Um, and so this highlights some films that I, I sort of mandate are, uh, if you have not watched them, you can actually, in the link in the show notes, all of them are uploaded to YouTube, so you can be able to check them out. But take take a little personal inventory. There's five or six of these. I'm going to tell you uh, the titles. And if you've not watched them, your homework is to go and to watch them. If you haven't watched uh, John Baker's Last Race, that's a great one. I remember watching that one multiple times growing up. Uh, Mr. Kruger's Christmas, Jimmy Stewart. Of course. Um, that's available. Yeah, a lot of people have seen that. Cypher in the Snow. That's that another, one's depressing, uh, yeah. 
Well, a lot of they all have, uh, you know, there there's a lesson, a moral to be learned, mm-hmm. and most of them are sad. Uh, let's see the phone call, which it really does feel like a little bit that the phone call is a precursor to Napoleon Dynamite, or like that could be Napoleon's dad. If you mm-hmm. haven't seen it. Um, one of my favorite lines in that particular uh, movie is, uh, is it all right if I walk you home? And she says, it's a long walk. And he says, that's okay. I've got long feet. So it's that kind of yeah. uh, comedy, but really great. And talks about self-confidence, all the things. Great for family home evening. Uh, Johnny Lingo, of course, gets roped into this as well. So if you haven't seen the original Johnny Lingo, and then one that we would most often watch growing up as we talked about our choices uh was the pump which oh yes is just so great and also one of my favorite ones to quote where whenever i'm really thirsty and i want to drink a glass of water it always comes to my mind just prime I'm the pump, pump. <laughs> <laughs> yep so uh oh, other oh, uh, other other honorable mentions that this article mentions is a different drum uh, the mailbox, Uncle mm. Ben, um, and so we're the last leaf on there. Out. What's that? Is the last leaf on there? That one was another sad one. Oh, that is a great one, but no, it's not. Wow, it should be. Well, we'll make our own list and add that, but you can Sounds find good. that in the show notes. Uh, I think this is time for the last story. Do you have one more that you want to share? Um, I, I can, I've got a couple that are on the longer end. We'll see one for next time. We're good. Okay. Well, then maybe I will add this story just real quick. I thought this was kind of fascinating. There is now in North Carolina, a Portuguese speaking branch. And in the show notes, you can learn all about it. But when I think of North Carolina, I don't think of a large group of Portuguese speaking people. Uh, But there's a great article that goes into why there's a need for it, uh, the history of the Portuguese speaking people there in Charlotte and and how this uh, particular, you know, branch has come about. And it's super cool. It's great to know that there are things like this and that people pay attention to the needs of what their particular area, you know, has. If there's a large group of Mandarin speaking people, we should have that so people can learn, worship and have that in their own native tongue. So check that out. That's in the show notes as Very well. Cool. Uh, Annette, I'm going to kick you out and we'll uh, we'll let the Pharaoh take your seat Sounds as we make good. our way to the third block for the temple ticker. Hi friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. I get a lot of emails from people all the time. Here's one. Dear Dan, I hear your talk about a lifetime service guarantee. Free? Really? Please help me avoid all your fine print and be honest about what free means. You understand that we should be very wary of a free offer signed skeptical. Hi, skeptical. I remember 22 years ago when we started PC laptops and our lifetime service guarantee, people thought it was too good to be true. Well, you know, after a decade, people started believing me a little bit. But you know, it's been 22 years of having the privilege to serve our friends and neighbors like you. Our lifetime service guarantee has become the most trusted warranty in the industry. You can get a brand new PC laptops desktop computer and they start at only $29 a month. Check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. Here's to seeing you soon, skeptical. Here in the third block, we talk all things temples. We call it the temple ticker and the pharaoh. That's identified by his Zoom 
what do we call that? Zoom badge, Zoom name, Zoom ID. Uh, the, the pharaoh himself, and you are done up today. You have got the <laughs> uh, the uh, like faux hawk. You're you are looking schnaz this morning. Just came into work a little bit early to talk to you. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry that you had to go into work early to talk to me, but I, I okay. am appreciative of it. Uh, we're talking all things temples, and it's been a little bit since we've talked, so uh, I'm betting we've got a bit to talk about. Where do you want to start? Yeah, so basically for the month of January, there's been quite a bit of temple news. Um, at the beginning of the month, there was a temple dedication in Puerto Rico, and so this is the 176th operating temple that's been dedicated. It was dedicated on January 15th by Elder Christopherson. And he just noted, of course, all the in the recent years, all the hurricanes, earthquakes, all the things that have happened in the island. And he just thinks that the temple will make a big difference. And previously, saints that lived in Puerto Rico would go where? What was their temple district previously? Yeah, one of the Area 70s that was there, he was a Puerto Rican native. He went as a kid, he went to Washington, D.C. And then previously, they probably went to Florida or either the Dominican Republic. That's crazy to think about, isn't it? Yeah. But they noted that for a small island, a small temple is pretty good for them. And so uh, there's also been a lot of people that have um, come, tourists that have come to see the temple, coming off the cruise ships and everything. And so, yeah, there's five stakes in Puerto Rico, and then there's a district kind of in the islands and the lesser Antilles. It's it's interesting because you do, you get a lot of traffic because Puerto Rico is a stop for for that cruise. So you will get a lot of, I would imagine, tourists that are like, we've got the port. Port day is this, and they'll probably even have a, a temple day or, you know, the uh, the temple open at that time for those that, that come off the ship, I would think. Not too far from the city center, so, yeah. Uh, dedicated by Elder Christofferson, do we know of any connection as to why he would want to do it, or is it just his assignment? Uh, I don't know. He just speaks Spanish really well, so that's a plus. Being able to have it be done in the, you know, native language. That's awesome. Good. Cool. Well, uh, there we go. Puerto Rico. You don't have to go to Florida or or D anymore for crying out loud. Uh, what uh, what else? What else as we travel through temples? Groundbreaking? Yeah, the week before on January 7th, there was a groundbreaking Queretaro, Mexico um, by the presiding authority was Adrian Ochoa. He's in the area of presidency. But you also had two um, people from the temple department there, Elder De Hoyos and Elder Valenzuela, who were both um, presidents of the area of Mexico. So maybe... They kind of have some pull in the temple department, those two Mexican presidents. Well, and someone was talking in church the other day about uh, they had lived in Mexico City, I wanted to say. And and remember, now there will be this, there will be four temples in Mexico City. And people were like, that, that's unreal. what's that? Kind of. There's been a lot of people that are like, technically, it's not the city. It's like, <laughs> if it's kind of like the huge metro area, Megapolis is what it's called. Um they say, yeah, if it's like Salt Lake, there'd be a temple up in Ogden, a temple down in Provo, a temple over in Tooele, right, kind takes, of that similar. Because it takes yeah. so long and it's so massive. That's what I mm-hmm. don't know that everyone understands is that it's, you know, someone was telling me that it, it takes like three hours if you went from one corner to the other of that particular yeah. region. So mm-hmm. that's just, that's insane. And this this temple in Queretaro is not in the Mexico City area, but they currently attend that temple. Okay. They're probably three or four hours away. And so... Um, this is going to be the 16th temple in Mexico out of the 23 that are announced. And this city um, is actually like growing really fast right now. It's the eighth largest metro area in Mexico. 
um, but it's tied for the city with the most growth in the past decade. And so there's been a 66% increase in members of the church in this city in the last decade with the census. And that's mostly thankful to the good economy, the tech industry, um, all the young families moving there and kind of a lower crime rate for the area. And it, this isn't a place so the tourists would go, right? No, well, I mean, I mean, maybe a few, sure, but not like, but not, not most like tourists. Cancun. Yeah, not like Cancun yeah. or Mazatlan or Cabo. Hmm. Sure. Uh, what about the uh, temple site announcement? Yeah, a temple site was announced in uh, Barcelona, Spain. Um, so this is a four point five acre or five point four five point four acre site um, in this little town called. Saint Cronant de Valles. I don't know. <laughs> this, awesome. this is Catalan. It. It's Catalan, it. not Spanish. I don't know. But it's just this little place north of Barcelona next to this busy highway. So I'll probably get a lot of views. Um, it's going to be a two story, 27,000 square foot temple, and they're going to build some patron housing next to it as well. Now, for a place like uh, Barcelona and, and that temple size, is that about what you would think, or is that larger or smaller than you would expect? Perhaps a little larger. Um, it's only going to have like four or five stakes. Um, of course, there's there's, a, there's quite a few um, uh, people from Latin America that moved to Spain that are members of the church. So maybe Spain has a little bit more members than the rest of Europe. Mm. Okay. Uh, and then I saw this. This was just uh, earlier this week about the Anchorage, Alaska temple. That's right. The church has announced that the temple will be reconstructed. And so um, currently there's a stake center next to the temple where the that was existing before the temple was built. So they said that in early 2024, the temple, the meeting house will be demolished and then they'll build a new temple at that address and it'll be finished in the summer of 2026. And so when the temple is finished, the old temple will be dis- decommissioned and replaced with a new meeting house. Which is... So... Yeah, so, so they... So are they... This is what I tried to understand because as I understand it, the Anchorage temple is one of the temples that has had some... Um, you know, uh, not constructural, structural issues, whether it be mold or something like that, that there, it just hasn't, it hasn't worked like they said, sort of thought. So they'll build the new one and then you'll still have this temple that used to be a temple and they're just going to put, you know, like a different sign on it and make it a different thing. Or you think (laughs) that they'll, you know, tear it down and put it somewhere. No, they said they're going to decommission and replace it with the meeting house. And so it will be torn down. But what's unique about it is that a lot of temples that get renovated, they're closed for years. But like mm-hmm. for this one, the temple will be open during the construction of the new temple. And then it won't be demolished until the new one's finished. So there'll be no gap um, in that temple time. Well, yeah, because where else are the saints in Alaska going to go? <laughs> they said in the press release, they said the closest ones in British Columbia, Vancouver. And so. Yeah. And that's not close. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, this new temple, um, it kind of looks like. Um, kind of the Karsten temple, kind of that design with the flat roof. No Moroni, of course. So there'll be one less Moroni in the world. Um, (laughs) But this temple is kind of historic because it was one of the three test temples that President Hinckley announced when he announced all the small temples. He announced one in Juarez, Mexico, one in Monticello, Utah, and then one in Alaska. And they kind of have similar designs, but a little bit different. Um, But it turned out after a couple of years, um, it was dedicated in 1999. And then in 2004, they rededicated it again because they added an ordinance room and some more space and so um, i guess they want to make it even bigger so this uh, will increase the size of the temple from twelve thousand to thirty thousand square foot so that's like two and a half percent yeah or two yeah 250 percent i mean two times, sure. two and Inter- and a half times. interestingly the ordinance room will be the same 
two ordinance rooms of 40 seats, which is the same size. But I mean, all the other facilities will be larger, larger dressing rooms and everything. So, okay. I'll allow it. I will allow <laughs> it. Uh, other construction updates. We go to Heber Valley, Utah. Yeah. Um, kind of starting to be a big deal. The church went ahead and announced the site, broke ground and everything, but they hadn't gotten all their, um, their approval process done yet. And so it's kind of, um, it's probably not up in the air, but like there's a little bit of controversy that the church wants to amend the dark side skies regulation in Wasatch County. Which if people don't know what dark sky is, there there are uh, areas in the country, in the world, I suppose, um, where you have certain ordinances that allow those places to be dark sky. The reason why you want them to be dark sky in, in some ways is because of um, like astronomers and those things that are able to study the the heavens and all these things and they can't be uh, light polluted. And Heber Valley is one of these places. And so the big issue that they have is because if you've ever seen a temple at night, one of the things that we love that we pride ourselves on is when they turn the temple lights on at night, it becomes a beacon in the valley or wherever you see the temple from that. It's the big light thing and everything like that. And that will ruin the dark sky in that area of Hero Valley because those lights will be pointed upwards. And, and so there are some people that are like, no, we, we want the temple. We love the temple. Just don't have the lights on it at night. <laughs> and 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 it's interesting because it just feels like it's like tradition. No, no, no. The way we do it, guys, is we turn the lights on at night and it becomes a beacon to everyone. And and then everyone else is like, no, we don't. But you don't have to. It can just be like, not that. We'll know where the temple is and we'll catch it in the daytime. Sure, yeah. The church has had other um, issues with this and down in Phoenix and, and Orange County, California. Um, but the church is saying that they want to have it lit up until 10 p.m., and then turn them back on at 5.30. And so there's still that period of dark skies at night. Yeah. But like kind of when the sunset, sunrise is happening, it will be light up. When in the uh, incidences of uh, <clears throat> California and Arizona, what happened? I think they permitted them to this mm. uh, like that. Yeah. Turn them off at 10 and put them on early in the morning when people start arriving. And so I think that's pretty, they haven't really um, got stymied in their efforts to do that. So fight is over. That's what the Pharaoh is saying. Keep <laughs> fighting, you guys, but it's over. Uh, and then we've got just a bunch of fun little quick updates from various temples. It just looks like you're yeah. you're naming cities and countries and states here for a little bit. Where do you want to go? Let's go through these fast. Um, in Salt Lake, they're drilling the vertical shafts um, that will tie the cables into the bottom of the the foundation and to create a base, a base isolation system. And so it's kind of interesting to see those cables going in. Okay. Um, in Manti, they took those um, the scaffolding off the towers to kind of show the the renovated um, spires of the temple, and they're a little bit different color than it was before. The um, rather than like a cream color, it's more like a white, an off white, and then the roof rather than kind of like a uh, um, kind of a silver tint roof, it's like a kind of a darker black. So a little bit different uh, look in Manti, but people think it looks fresh. Uh, that temple looks fresh. <laughs> <laughs> i've never anyway i've never heard it explained that uh deseret peak utah uh that's tooele right essentially yeah, they're in tooele they can they topped out the temple with the the steel copper dome and so um normally we would talk about oh they put the angel morning on and the temple's um the exterior is almost finished and so um yeah another no moroni uh we're still in utah right. for the next one 
Yeah, um, they started to put the exterior lights on the Red Cliff Utah Temple, so it's getting some attention. Um, the interior work still has a bit to do, but um, there's a lot of cool photos of the hot air balloons that go um, through the valley next to the temple. Oh, yeah, that is cool. Uh, Feather River, which is one of my favorite <laughs> as far as the name of a temple. Feather River, California. Yeah, um, the exterior looks like all the way done. Um, they said that um, the next month the furniture will be arriving and we'll do the final uh, inspections and an open house committee has been formed and the people have been called to that. So expect some news soon from that. No dates set on that Feather River Temple, yeah? Not yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your Belinda, California. Yeah, um, it's been six months since they've uh, broken ground for this temple. But in the middle of the property, there's like an electrical transformer that's there in the middle and it needs to be removed before they can start construction. So still waiting on that construction process. And that phone call sounds like, hey, guys, we've been waiting six months. Can we get this electrical transformer <laughs> out of here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot yeah, of people we'll point out to... We'll get it. We're going to get there Maybe tomorrow. that's pg and <laughs> They have a lot of... Um, things happen in california that oh like what like what what does the, <laughs> what does the power company in california possibly have to deal with that's lighting more the state on fire that's more important than the eternal salvation of souls there is no greater work how about oregon yeah uh it's kind of similar they broke in ground a few months ago but um, the building permits have not been issued yet and so um members there are fasting that it can start soon okay okay uh brazil Brazil, yeah, in Brasilia, um, similarly to Feather River, um, an open house committee has been formed. The temple looks pretty complete on the on the exterior, so expect announcements soon from there. And Okinawa, Japan? Uh, yeah, also it's pretty similar, putting the lights up, uh, landscaping's almost finished. They've, um, they built the, par- the temple in the old parking lot of the meeting house. So they're kind of extending the parking lot a little bit further to give some more space. And Bangkok, Thailand? Yeah, we've talked about this. Um, but the that project manager that I talked about that joined the church, um, the Bangkok Thailand mission, made a video about kind of his story and the um, the kind of the miracles he's seen in the temple construction process. Um, and then LDS Living picked up his story, so you can read about his um, his conversion story. And you can uh, click on those links; those will be available in the show notes. Uh, all this is organized very well. The Pharaoh, he just, uh, I, I wish that they were on scrolls, what with your name being the Pharaoh or like papyri, but I appreciate that it'll be available in WordPress format so people can just click on it as opposed to having to translate it or something like that. All the show notes for all these temples, if because I know we're going quick, they'll be available for people to check out. Uh, non-temple construction. Okay, so a non-temple ticker thing. I'll take it. Yeah, I'm in Logan, Utah they're building a new institute building. So there's kind of a, I think the first ever uh, um, institute of religion that was built in the 1930s um, is there on campus and it's going to be torn down. So kind of sad. Um, kind of sad, but if you look at and the, uh, the links to see what they're going to build are in the show notes as well. When you see what they're going to build, you certainly have your heart go out to, oh, the, insti- the old institute. And then you see what's being built and you're like, ah, we're good. That'll be good. This will be much better. Let's let's yeah. embrace the future and just tons of like uh, sunlit rooms and a courtyard. And it's just just gorgeous. Yeah, it's going to look just like another university building there on campus. So people are probably going to confuse it for, you know, some other some other <laughs> building there on campus. Um, they got probably their own custom architect. It's not some boilerplate church construction. Um, yeah, yeah. Great. And thousands um, meantime, of people attend that institute, too. So 
I mean, it's it's yeah, like in the meantime while they while they're under construction, um, they said in the meeting houses nearby they'll have classes, but also they're going to rent some rooms on campus. So huh. it's a chance to take institute classes on USU campus. Here you go. Here you go. Uh, this is interesting. You've included Wilton, Connecticut in a non-temple project. Yeah, um, the church has kind of, for some reason, put a lot of attention towards this uh, meeting house construction. Um, the architect said that, hey, we usually don't put this much effort into just one meeting house. And so um, there's a Wilton, Connecticut. They, the church bought a property in front of City Hall, and they the city's very invested in wanting to keep the town looking historical and so they've asked the church to you know build something a little bit different than what they would normally do um so they went to the architecture board and they worked with them for a few months and everything um and they said hey it looks great uh, you've done a great job and so then they go to the planning and zoning commission and they are not happy they are our contract are contradicting what the board had said and it was like we wanted a colonial design that looks more like a you know new england church but what you gave us does not look anything like that and so you get these issues of like, who's really in charge in, in towns, right? You appease <laughs> one group and then the other group is not. But the thing that, that like the final product of what came out of this was crazy because it looks like it's a two or three story LDS church. Yeah, it's definitely a unique looking church. They, they did note that like the steeple kind of looks the same as kind of the other churches in Utah and Arizona. And they said that because um, they just want members to kind of uh, be familiar, recognize the meeting house when they see it. Um, but the Planning and Zoning Commission was not happy about that. They were like, this is not Arizona. We're not in Mesa. This is Walton, Connecticut, and we want something nice. And there's some very fiery languages. Like, for example, it's just frustrating when applicants listen to our concerns and don't incorporate them. Mm. And so they're like, we're not like bigoted against your religion or anything. We just like don't want your building to look like this. And so they voted to the decision off for another 65 days and they're going to look and make sure that they're not violating any first amendment protections but they're kind of not happy right now and then they also said you dumb dumb that was <laughs> so the they asked for the, the church asked for an up or down <laughs> they asked for an up or down vote they're like we're not gonna make any more changes just say yes or no and they said mm, right now no but we'll come back to you that's crazy crazy are there lots of saints in connecticut it seems like there's probably some but not a lot not too much. Like yeah. um, they meet in a building that the Wilton ward meets in a building with another ward. So just two wards in that building, but I guess they need their own meeting house. Yeah. In Utah, right. you never get that where you get just one meeting house built for one ward. It's because they really want church at the sacred time of 1030. And you can't do that <laughs> if you've got more than one ward, right? But if you if right. just the uh, single ward, single use in the building, you get to pick the time. It doesn't change year over year and you can count on it being at that time. Well, that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of temple news. Uh, I always appreciate the hard work that you do, uh, and I want you to know that uh, coming up in a future episode that'll post here in the next week or so, I visited with uh, Benjamin Felix, who drafted out the fan fiction of the mm. Kirtland Temple, and he even well. I'll save that. I'll save that for the episode. But look forward to that. <laughs> okay. uh, that'll be uh, something that'll come out here in the next little bit. Uh, thank you for your hard work. I hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. Um, I hope that if you weren't able to make it, you'll be able to make it next week. And that uh, if you are feeling unwell, that you will feel better uh, right. and, and be able to join us. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. 
We'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row. Of the of Cultural the Hall. the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row.